Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire Johnson. All right, we are back. And it's just me today. Uh, Kenya will be doing her own solo episode. So I'm just the solo pilot here today. And I wanted to talk to uh, talk to you all about a topic that I really wanted to bring up in our uh, podcast. And we just haven't had the time to really cover it. But I feel that it's very important for you all to be aware of this information and but before I jump into that, I'm going to give a quick music tip. And this one is a website that I've come across uh, called droptrack.com. Drop, D R O P, droptrack.com. And I'll, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But what they do, they help you to create a really professional looking campaign. They, as an, as an artist, they help you to. Um, upload your music, your high quality music, uh, your, your WAV file, whatever it is. Um, and they give you a link for it and it's downloadable. It has uh, metadata and information and you can save it um, to a Dropbox or whoever's listening to it or wants to listen to it can save it to a Dropbox. So it's great for you if you're trying to promote your music for DJs, um, trying to send it out to music supervisors it just has a lot of functionality. I've, I've gone a little bit through the site and maybe you can check it out and, and see if it applies to your situation. But they help uh, give you nice looking promos and, um, you know, links for social media. But the other key is that they have analytics so you can tell whether someone has opened your email or, you know, your pro has looked at your promo. Um, it's it seems like a pretty good uh, platform and it's decently priced. Um, I've looked at the, they have like a trial monthly thing that you can check out. It's $19. But, um, if you pay for the whole service over a year, I think it's like one nineteen hundred nineteen dollars So for, you know, basically $9 a month, you can have a professional looking promo, uh, package for your music. Um, when you're sending it out to all these industry professionals, so give it a give it a, a look look see and see if you you like it. Um, I'm gonna actually check them out um, and see if I can use them anymore for for what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, so droptrack.com. All right. Today's podcast is brought to you by Bandzoogle. From garage bands to Grammy winners, Bandzoogle powers the websites for thousands of musicians around the world. Their simple step-by-step -step system will get you online literally in minutes. You can choose from dozens of mobile-friendly templates, then customize your design and content in just a few clicks. Built for musicians by musicians, Bandzoogle has all of the features you need for your website and EPK already built in. This includes tools to sell music and merch commission-free right on your website, stream your music with flexible options for music downloads, commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features, 
mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send professional newsletters, integrations to pull in content from your online services, including YouTube, Twitter, and SoundCloud, and live support from their musician-friendly team. Not one, not two, but seven days a week. Banzoogle plans start at just $8.29 per month. Yep, that's what I said, just $8.29 per month and includes your own free custom domain name. Gotta love that. Go to bandzoogle.com to try it for free for 30 days and be sure to use our promo code MAKINGMONEYPOD to get 15% off the first year of your subscription. That's again, MAKINGMONEYPOD to get 15% off the first year. So let's get into what I wanted to talk to you all about today. And this is important for not just musicians. And you might want to share this information with your family, with folks that you know. But for musicians and artists, I think it's really key for us to have our own uh, financial resource. So back in the old dem days, (laughs) when... You had uh, people like Mozart and all these other folks. They were um, financed by benefactors and folks would basically pay for their expenses and pay for the music that they were writing. And you basically had to be associated with a rich um, royal in order to make a living as an artist. And it wasn't even just in in Europe. Um, This was the case in in India and, and all these other places. So, Um, the whole, uh, system was built for artists. If you wanted to be an artist, you had to find somebody to help finance your activities. Well, this concept, um, it's been around for a little while. Um, but there's been some people who've coalesced it into a really fine tuned approach to creating your own financial, uh, stability and, and, and system. And the term, some of you all might've heard of it, but if you haven't, it's called infinite banking. And I'm going to go through what it is in a second, but there's been some amazing, uh, I guess, advances. There's been a lot of people on YouTube that talk about it and, and really, um, open it up and make it transparent for you. So I'm going to try to approach to explain it. And it should be, uh, it has some complexities, but uh, I think I've, I've grasped enough of the, <laughs> the flow of the information to explain it to you. So basically, it's cre- the process of creating your own bank. And as musicians and artists, we typically need financing to finish recording projects and, and also to pay for our travel and tour expenses. So we also need to buy equipment and software upgrades. So our normal go-tos for financing and credit are usually credit cards or personal loans from a bank. And so um, also, if you have a house, maybe a second mortgage or a line of credit. But all of these sources of financing cost money, and that's in the form of interest that you pay over the life of of that loan. So for example, If you took out a loan for $10,000 and paid 10% interest on it, you would have paid $1,616 in interest after paying it back in three years. And the longer it takes for you to pay it back, 
the more interest you'll pay. So you do that enough times and with a higher interest rate, depending on your credit card, you can pay thousands in interest over your career as a musician or artist. And I know that's how I financed a lot of my activities starting out um, using credit. So in getting loans, in fact, uh, I think some artists, um, those of you all in hip hop, hip hop, EPMD started their whole career off of student loans. They got uh, they used to, I don't recommend this. They use some of their student, well, their student loan money to, to finance their album. But um, what if you could set up your own bank that you could borrow from? And when you pay it back, this is the trick. The interest goes to increase your balance so you can borrow more the next time. So I'll say that again. What if you could set up your own bank that you could borrow from? And when you pay it back, the interest goes to increase your balance so you can borrow more the next time. Well, that's the infinite part of infinite banking. It keeps growing each time you borrow and pay back a loan. So infinite banking is the concept of using a specific type of whole life insurance policy. So that's how it works. So if you're wondering what is the bank, I mean, how do we all go get a bank and buy a bank? Um, this is it. You get you a whole life insurance policy. It will, of course, require a, um, uh, a physical. Uh, so the earlier you get it, the better, because your uh, payment to it will be less. And um, it costs a little bit of money to set up in the uh, and I say a little bit is probably like, you know, some thousands, like about two to three thousand to set up. But just like if you're buying a business, a franchise or anything, um, you need some upfront cash. So that's that's the uh, the money, the upfront money that's needed. But once it's set up, it basically becomes your own bank and policy. So it's the concept of using a specific type of whole life insurance policy as your own personal banking system. So by setting up your policy in a certain way in the beginning, you can take advantage of opportunities to what they say, what they call, uh, quote unquote, overfund your policy and grow it faster than the normal whole life policies. So overfunding your policy basically means putting more money into it um, than is required, but you need to have what's called a, a special rider on top of it. And I don't know if you all know what riders are in, in music. You have a tech writer and all these other things that you need when you're trying to perform, but they're basically just things attached to a contract, a writer. So um, that's how you do it. Now we're going to get into the, the nitty gritty and the meat and the potatoes of it, but it's a whole life, a specific type of whole life policy uh, that has a certain writer attached to it. And so the typical whole life policies pay a yearly dividend from five to 8%. And this part is key to making this concept work. They do charge interest when you borrow from your policy, but check this out. If your interest rate is 5% on the loan that you're borrowing from your policy and you're earning a 7% dividend, you are in essence getting paid 2% interest to borrow your money. 
I'll say that again. You're getting paid 2% interest to borrow money. Um, that sounds like a good deal. And to really get the benefits of this banking aspect, you would want to uh, pay yourself back, pay your policy back, which is paying yourself back. And you would um, uh, basically do it at 10% like you would if you got a, if you got a loan. So you can increase the value of your policy um, and have more money to borrow the next time. So let's let's walk through this uh, real slowly. So if you have a policy that's paying a 7% dividend and you borrowed from your policy, let's say you borrowed that $10,000 for whatever, for a tour, for whatever it is, software, um, you know, equipment, studio, all that stuff. So you borrowed $10,000 from your policy. One of the key things is the value of your policy does not decrease when you borrow from it. So let's say you had $100,000 in your your policy. If you borrow 10,000, it doesn't make your policy value 90,000. Your policy value is still 100,000 and you're still making 7% on that 100,000 every year. And that will continue. So that's sort of the the key thing is that uh, borrowing from your policy does not decrease its value. So you're earning 2% on a hundred. I mean, you're earning that 7% dividend on a hundred thousand. And if you borrow 10,000, you're still earning 2% because the borrowing the 10,000 is only 5%. So that's, that's something to, to really wrap, wrap your head around. And if you want to hear this again, watch the, the episode, listen to the episode again and, and wrap your head around that number, write it down. Um, so if you, like I said, if you really want to get the benefits from this is you would pay yourself to treat it like a bank. So let's say you're paying yourself back 10% like you would a regular loan, even though you don't have to, it's not required. All, all you have to, your only requirement to pay back is the 5%. That's the only requirement, but let's say you want to treat it like your own bank pay yourself back at a 10% interest. That's that overfunding part of your policy. That's the, uh, that rider that we just talked about. So you're paying yourself back at 10%. And so let's look at our example. If you paid yourself that $1,616 in interest uh, in over that three year period, the amount you could borrow next time Instead of the ten thousand is the is eleven thousand six sixteen, but not really. Check this out. Normally, if you took out a loan, that loan once you paid it back, you wouldn't have that loan anymore. You wouldn't have access to that money anymore. The loan is paid, so the balance is zero. In this circumstance, you actually have more. You have your money, the original money back. So if you were earning a yearly dividend of 7% on that $10,000, even when you borrowed against it, which allowed your which, which after, if you're getting 7% of $10,000 over three years, you would have $12,250 in your, uh, if you had a $10,000 policy, uh, you had $12,250 in your policy. 
And if you add that 1616 that you overpaid, overfunded, you were paying more than the interest, you actually have $13,000, $866 to borrow from the next time. So this is in contrast, like I said, to $0 available if you pay back a loan. Now, if you used a personal credit card or a line of credit, you would still only have $10,000 available, plus you would have paid $1,616 in interest. So in this way, you actually get get a chance to keep that interest. Also, your account is growing. So basically, after the end of three years, you made money by borrowing money. So I'll say that again. You made money by borrowing money. And that's how you build your own bank. You create a system where whenever you borrow money, whenever you need money for a big expense, you borrow from your policy. You don't borrow from somebody else. You don't get a loan. You don't use credit and you don't spend the cash because spending the cash is just throwing the money out the window. It's not giving an opportunity for you to earn money on that cash. So putting that cash into a policy gives you the opportunity to capture the, the value of that money. So if you do this enough times over your career as an artist, let's say, like we said, you pay for a tour, you pay for a recording, you pay for um, uh, your equipment, you pay for your software, um, you buy a car, any, any of these large expenses, if you borrow from your policy, you get a chance to recapture that amount, that money back into your, your policy and your bank, your personal bank. So that's, that's key to, to building your wealth and keeping your wealth. Um, if you look over history, there's been a number of well-known people that we, we all, um, you know, point to as people who are successful, who've used their policy. Um, one, for instance, is Walt Disney. Nobody believed in Walt Disney about his theme park. And so he used his life insurance policy to fund all his activities, his early activities. Um, another person, some of you all may know the name Ray Kroc, but if you don't, he is the founder of McDonald's. He used his policies to get his business off the ground, McDonald's. And the, the one that pretty much sort of set the standard for this, uh, the Rockefellers, that's how the Rockefellers kept their wealth. They used their life insurance policy to fund a lot of their activities. And they were able to pass on generational wealth to their family. And in fact, uh, there's a book by Garrett Gunderson, and I can also put a link to that. He has a book called What Would the Rockefellers Do? And in that, he explains how the Rockefellers use their life insurance policy. And in contrast to the Vanderbilts, who did not. And at the end of many generations, the Rockefellers still, the family still has has their the, the wealth that they built. So, um, Many people, like I said, are, are spreading this concept and I uh, you know, suggest checking out some of these, these people online. Um, but one of the persons who really 
promoted this concept and sort of codified it into what we, we call the infinite banking concept is Nelson Nash. And you can check out some of his books, Nelson Nash. Um, he, his, his uh, concepts are pretty much uh, the foundation of the whole infinite banking uh, um, process. So be sure to check out some of his books. And also you can check out Garrett Gunderson's book. Actually, that's the one I read uh, to really get me um, hip to the whole concept. Um, but then, of course, there's some some YouTube videos. There's a bunch of um, uh, websites and blogs that pretty much outline this whole process uh, in an easy way for you to understand. So I uh, hope this sparked some interest in you. And I definitely want you to check it out because it could really change the trajectory of your family's future, um, your legacy and generations for, for generations. Um, it's what, you know, people have passed on um, to their families. But a lot of times, you know, a lot of communities don't have this information, so they don't get a chance to pass on any wealth to uh, to their families. So definitely check this out and Yep. Check. And then also go to our, our the website, making money in the music And you can leave some comments and let me know what you think about uh, the concept and if you use it. And yeah, would love to hear from you. So that's it for me today. And next week we'll be hearing from Kenya. And I think we have some some interviews coming up. Um, that you are def- will definitely be interested in. So uh, keep tuned to the podcast and thank you all for listening and spreading the word and look forward to, to hearing some of you all's comments. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Please subscribe to our podcast on your podcast player and leave us a rating and review. Also, please leave us a comment on our Facebook or Instagram page. And if you would like to contact us about a specific topic, you can email us at 3mbpodcast at gmail.com.